powerful name he is and then I turn to my text today and in my text today if you see the underlined uh, darkened words that's where I'm going with my ministry with my message this morning even to them that believe on his name even to them that believe on his name if you'll stand with me and honor the reading of God's Word, I want to welcome again all of those of you that are with us by media. We pray that the Word of God ministers to you and that the ministry of music has touched you today. John 1:12. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his, say it, name. Even to them that believe on his Father, we thank you for the word of God today. Open our eyes that we can see our ears, that we can hear in our heart, that we can understand what the word of God says to us. Then allow us to apply it to our lives so that we can be changed into the image of your dear son. Father, we sanctify ourselves and yield ourselves and surrender ourselves, both in spirit and mind, into the following of the guidance and direction of the Holy Spirit because, Father, we know that Jesus Christ is speaking directly to him and that as he speaks, the Holy Spirit will reveal and as he reveals, we'll receive and as we receive, we will release the words of God to your people. We praise you for it. We honor you for it. We give you glory in the lovely name of Jesus Christ, our high priest, our Lord, and our man in the Godhead. Amen and amen. While you're being seated, Tonight at 6 o'clock, there will be a special service at Winston First uh, with uh, Doug Small from the Church of God. It's a regional gathering. You're welcome to come at 6. I will be on Facebook probably somewhere around 4 o'clock and not at my uh, normal time of 6 o'clock because at 6 o'clock I'll be at Winston First uh, with those that are gathered there. If you want to come on down, come on down and be with us. We'd love to have you. Uh, I think it'll be a great time. Doug Small is a great preacher. Now, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be the heirs of salvation? Now, we are looking at John chapter 1, and we're talking about 18 verses and 10 words that define the plan of God. We found out that he is eternal, and that is coupled with life. He is personal, and that is coupled with light. And he is illumination, and that is, uh, uh, he is creator, and that is coupled with illumination. Those told us where God was going to do his plan. Now we're going to talk about what God is do, going to do, and what he's going to do using this scripture but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. And we're going to locate a word in here that is termed as salvation. 
When we get done mining salvation, you're going to have a completely different view and perspective of, of uh, all of the works of God that he did in Jesus Christ from the cross to the tomb to the resurrection to the ascension as high priest and then to the descension where he pronounced himself Lord and then the ascension where he became the man in the Godhead. You're going to have a completely different vision of this and a completely different understanding of how these works of salvation minister in the lives of the believer. Now remember those works, they are healing, preservation, deliverance, safety, soundness, and wholeness. There are six works of salvation. Now, but I don't want to go into that this morning because in this verse there is something that is much more needed and much uh, uh, more important to be explained to the body of Christ. Because as we see, based on our early morning prayer session, we find out that there are so many needs. Every family in this auditorium represents some kind of an individual need that you know that in and of yourself you're not capable of dealing with. You're not capable of winning the lost. You're not capable of healing the sick. You're not capable of bringing financial blessing. You're not capable of doing the things of which you need. But there is one who has said to you that if you will receive him, he would give you power to become the sons of God. And the means for you to do that is through believing on his name. There was a man one time in downtown New York City who was a tightrope walker. He determined that he was going to tightrope from skyscraper to skyscraper, and he got down on the ground, and he began to call a crowd. We're going to have a tight, I'm going to go up here, and I'm going to string a wire from building to building. And from that building, I'm going to walk across on the tightrope, and he said to them, how many of you believe we can, that I can do it? They raised their hand, they clapped, they cheered, said, yeah, we believe it, we believe it, we believe it, go do it. They stood on the ground and soon crowds gathered. They said, what's going on? And they said, well, this man is up there, see him? He's stringing a, 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 a tightrope across skyscraper to skyscraper. He's going to walk across that. And we're going to stand here and watch him. Now, what, what was he saying to us? He said, well, do you believe it? Well, we believe he can do it. So we're going to stand here and watch him. Well, when he got up there, he screamed down by megaphone and said, I'm going to walk across this tightrope, and I'm even going to push a wheelbarrow. How many of you believe I can walk the tightrope and push a wheelbarrow from skyscraper to skyscraper. They said, oh, we believe it. Yeah, go for it. You're the man. We'll stand here and cheer you on. You do it. The crowds gathered. What happened? They said, what's going on? They said, this man up there asked us if we believed he could take a uh, a wheelbarrow and walk from skyscraper to skyscraper on a tightrope. 
We believe he can do it. What about you? They said, oh, we believe you can do it. We, be we believe. We got you. Go ahead. We're all here watching. And soon he grabbed the wheelbarrow and stepped out on that tightrope. And across that street he went pushing the tightrope. They cheered. They stood. They jumped. They punched each other. Look at him. He's got a wheelbarrow on a tightrope. And, I, you know, I knew. I just knew he could do it. I, well, glory to God. I knew he could do it. I knew that it was possible. I believed that that man could step on that. Oh, didn't you believe it? Oh, yeah, we all look at him go. He's halfway across now. We all believe. He, oh, watch him. He gets to the other side. When he gets to the other side, he said, I got one more trick for you. They looked up and said, what is it, Mr. Tightrope Walker? He said, how many of you believed I could walk this tightrope? They all said, yeah, we believed it. How many of you ever would have believed that I could take a wheelbarrow and walk this tightrope? They said, oh, we believe it. We have seen you do it, and we believe it. We, we watched it with our own eyes. You went from there to there. We saw it. We believe it. He said, all right, I got one more trick for you. He said, I want one of you from down there to come up here with me, I'm going to put you in the wheelbarrow and me and you in the wheelbarrow are going to go from this side, this skyscraper, to that skyscraper. Who's it going to be? Come on up now. Hurry, hurry, hurry. They looked down and all of those who had been cheering him, all of those who said they believed, all of those who were in such tune with him, doing something, begin to look at each other, and they slipped off into the stores, and they slipped off down the street. What's the moral of the story? It's very easy to believe something you don't have to invest in. It's very easy to believe something you don't have to be involved in. It's very easy to believe something someone else has done. See, I can tell you how to get through cancer. But I can't believe it for you. I can tell you what cancer is like going through, but I can't believe it for you. I can tell you what success and failure in life is all about, but I can't live it for you. Now, the Word of God said, They that believed on His name, and it dawned on me as I prepared for this message, that the thing we don't understand in our Christian world is what believing is. We don't understand that there are three parts of believing. We want to say from the floor, oh, yeah, I believe that. We want to say from the ground, we believe that you are capable, but we do not understand what it is to invest to the point that we're willing to get in the wheelbarrow. We don't understand what it means to be so deeply invested that we're willing to jump on the tightrope and expect that the one who is pushing the wheelbarrow and the one who is in total control of the wheelbarrow is able to put me in there and take care of me while I am navigating this tightrope with him.
We don't know that. We don't understand that. So we turn to so many different avenues, areas, and ideas, never understanding the power that is in the name of the one of whom you say you serve. Yeah. We don't understand that. We don't get it. We don't don't gravitate to it. So... Has our thing turned off? Yeah, there it is. Glory to God, I must have pushed the button. What would God do for man? What is God trying to do for mankind that mankind does not understand, does not get, does not know, does not see? Now this morning I want to tell you what the, where the Spirit is taking me. I watched you worship today. What a wonderful thing it was. I watched you worship. I watched the music be sung. What a wonderful thing it was. But I want to tell you something today. Unless you come into the side of your brain and into the inner man that allows you to see in your inner man and in your brain what God is trying to give you, then your worship becomes a tinkling symbol. It has no lasting effect. How do we know that, Pastor? What would ever make you say that, Pastor? Because the Word of God is the tantamount and paramount issue of which God guards at all costs. The name of Jesus Christ is the name that has heavenly implications of which God is bound by His Word to make sure that what he promised you in the name of Jesus Christ belongs to you, but it only belongs to those who understand what believing is. Well, what is believing, Pastor? Believing is the idea of total inner commitment, total inner vision, total inner understanding of who God is, who his son is, what his name has accomplished. Well, let's look. What did he do at the cross for you? He died for you. And the word of God says that. He healed your transgressions, your wounds. He brought peace to you. But the word of God says that he brought through his wounds healing. What kind of healing, Pastor? Where is healing for me? Is there healing in my spirit? There better be. Is there healing in my flesh? There will be. If there is no healing in the inner man, then there is no healing in the outer man. Why? Because the only way to get healing from God is to understand what believing on his name means. And believing on his name is the process that brings you into the power to be called the sons of God. If there is no believing, no commitment, no trust, no following, no depth, If you're going to stand on the ground and cheer what's going on up there with no investment, no performance, no activity, no engagement, do not expect the healing of God to transpire in your life. Don't expect it. It won't work that way. It won't work that way. There is an investment. Someone said, well, I am.
University of Pennsylvania. This week I wrote 30 slides on this study. It's called, Where is the Mind of Christ? There was a study done at the University of Pennsylvania on two topics. One topic was music. Music is great. I was blessed. Do you know what music caused me to do today? Do you know what music brought out of me today? In most of us, it brought this out. What a powerful name it is. Nothing compares to this. Didn't it? Brought that out of you. Here's what the study showed. A man who wrote a book on why we believe what we believe, who is baptized in the Holy Spirit, wrote that book and did a study at the University of Pennsylvania on the neurological effects that, that goes on in the brain of a believer. This is what he found. He found that in the brain of the believer, when a hymn was sung or a song was sung, the activity came out of the frontal part of his brain. That is the frontal part that controls what he does. It controls what he says. So in worship, whenever we are in worship, who is controlling that? You are. The uprising that comes out of you is the uprising from where? Your natural man. Your natural man begins. Now, again, it is the University of Pennsylvania Neurological Study. The uprising of your soul. This is why we have great things happening in worship, but no change in mankind. Listen very carefully what I'm trying to tell you now. We have a great uprising in worship. Our worship here is second to none. Our worship here is as good as anybody's in the, in the world. We have people from all over the world listening. And it's a beautiful thing. But what it brought out of me was the God side of me. And guess what I begin to do? I begin to worship in the Spirit. I begin to worship beyond what I could naturally say. I begin to worship beyond what I could naturally see. I begin to worship beyond myself. Now, the neurological study shows that when that occurs, there are two places in the brain that are stimulated. I want you to see this because we've never understood this fact, friends. We've never understood that man's mind was made and in the image of God. Man's brain was made to be able to function in order with God and to walk with God and to talk with God and to think with God to the point that when Adam named all of the animals, God stood back to see what would come out of that mind that had been generated in his own image. So there stood Adam doing God kind of things. Where did he do it, Pastor? Did he do it out of how he felt? Did he do it out of his natural man? Did he do it out of his natural thought? Where would you come up with the word hippopotamus out of your normal brain? Where would you come up with the word pterodactyl, as Maddox said to me, out of your natural brain? Where would you come up with all of these names that identify some animal out of your natural brain? Bless God, I can't even remember where I put my keys. We don't have that in our natural ability. We have that in the God side of who we are. 
The Bible said that if you're going to believe unto the power of God, then you're going to have to believe in the name of Jesus Christ in the and, and put on the mind of Jesus Christ. It is from that mind, that perspective, that Paul said in Philippians chapter 2 that we would begin to take on the mind of Christ. Now watch what he said. He did not say that Jesus' mind was wrapped up in the body. He said that Jesus put on the mind of Christ we should put on the mind of Christ that caused him to consider the fact that even though he was in the flesh, he was equal with God. How, where, and why? He was equal with God in the inner man. He was equal with God in the way he thought. That is exactly where Adam was. Now Jesus Christ becomes the second Adam. So he said, watch what he said. He said, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. What are we to be believing? What are we to be receiving? The power of God. What are we to be believing? In the name of Jesus Christ that says to us that I have his mind. What did Paul say in 1 Corinthians chapter 2? He said, you don't have a lot of stuff. You are stuck in a decaying physical body. But you have the mind of Christ. Glory to God forevermore. What does the mind of Christ bring me? It brings me the power to be called the Son of Almighty God. My friend, that is more than enough for me to take heart, hope, courage, and confidence in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. What a mighty name. What a mighty God. The, the, the study showed that they sang. They sang a hymn. And the blood flowed to the front part of their brain. But then the, the study showed something that is very unique. Where is the mind of Christ? Where is the mind of Christ? There are two places the mind of Christ resides. It resides, now watch this, because this absolutely flipped me out. It resides directly in the center of your brain. When they begin to worship in the spirit, two things happen. The blood flow left the natural side. The blood flow left the frontal lobe, the side that caused them to do and to talk and to go and to control. And it went to the central region of the brain. Watch it now. And it went to the skull of the brain. Out of those two areas, they begin to worship, and it was a language that they were using that was not in their control. It was operating the stem of their body, which controls the movements of their body, but they were not in control. They knew where they were. They knew what they were doing. They knew that there was worship proceeding from them. But it was not 
in their own control. What happens when you begin to worship and believe in the name of Jesus Christ? All of a sudden, you get out of yourself and get into the Spirit. You get out of yourself and begin to become what Paul said you should become, which is to have the ability to walk in the Spirit of God and talk in the Spirit of God and think in the Spirit of God and those things become a process that is produced by the God side of your brain. Now let me tell you what the rest of your brain produces. It produces all of the natural problems that you see. It produces all of the heat, the hurt, all of the trouble, all of the things that are making your body decay. But Paul said these words, even though my body is decaying, I am being renewed day by day. Where's that happening, Pastor? What's causing that to happen in me? What's causing this renewal that gives me strength, energy, peace, confidence, comfort, and hope that there is a God in heaven and that Jesus Christ's name works as well for me today as it worked on the day that Peter and John walked by the man and said silver and gold? I do not have. But what I have is the name of Jesus. And in that name, I tell you to rise up and walk and soundness came to what what is the difference he is the same yesterday today and forever out of you can flow rivers of living water my friends out of you can flow truth out of you can flow the very mind of God and Paul told us over and over and over again the mind of Christ belongs to you. The mind of Christ is in you. It brings in your mind the glorious nature of mercy, graciousness, long-suffering, of goodness and truth. It brings to you the very glory of Almighty God. It belongs in you. But we have covered it up based on what we can see, based on what we can touch, we have covered it up by the six feelings of our body. Our body now leads us around, and our body says to us how we feel. But the mind of Christ doesn't operate that way. The mind of Christ doesn't operate that way. Paul said that Jesus Christ came, wrapped himself in flesh, but even though he had a physical wrapper, he did not Think it robbery to be equal with God. Now, someone said one day, you know, I heard a guy just this week say, I'm a God. I'm a God. You're a God. We're all gods. Fooey, foolishness, hogwash. What I have in me is Jesus Christ. What I have in my mind is the mind of Christ. It was Christ who said, I don't think it robbery to be equal with God. It was Christ who said that I will, will come to you and manifest myself to you. Christ said that. So it is not me that is a God. I have the image of God from creation. But what makes me to be, now watch what I'm about to say. 
what makes me included in the heavenly conversation is not who I am. It is who is in me and who thinks out of me and who has made me to be seated in heavenly places and has included me in himself so that I can be in the heavenly conversation and that I can live out of me the mind of Christ so that I can be in this world in the world, in flesh, touchable, but not of this world, in my inner man and in my mind, so that I'm not of this world in what I say, what I do, where I go, how I act, what I think, and who is working out of me. That's critical that you understand that. If you don't understand that, you cannot gather up what salvation has done for you. Watch it now. Watch it now. Watch it now. The Holy Spirit showed me something I want to tell you. We look for God's blessing. We do not need God's blessing. We do not need God's blessing. We need His benefits. We need His benefits. What are his benefits, Pastor? His benefits are that when Christ comes into your inner man and when Christ renews your mind with the mind of himself, the benefits of who he is begin to manifest themselves in your life. What are those benefits, Pastor? I've already told you. They are healing. That's what he did at the cross. They are preservation. That's what he did at the tomb. They are deliverance. That's what he did at the resurrection. They are safety. That's what he did whenever he ascended into glory and there sprinkled the blood on the vessels of ministry in the tabernacle and the holy place. And then they are um, um, safety. Safety is in his healing. And there is in his lordship, and I just drew a blank, uh, there is preservation, deliverance, healing, safety, preservation, soundness. In his lordship is his soundness. In his lordship is the ability for him to look at everything in your life and say, I'm lord over that already. Whatever's buffeting you, whatever's troubling you, if you'll get in the mind of Christ, you will find soundness. You will find that you will not live in fear, but you will live in the spirit of a what? Sound what? Mind. Think about what I'm telling you, folks. This is what the process of salvation in Jesus Christ has given you. It has given you the soundness of his lordship. What did Paul say about his lordship? He said that at the name of Jesus, everything that has a name bows. So what in your life can you point to that doesn't have a name? The reason that the things that have a name continue to struggle you and trouble you, continue to be a problem for you, is because you have never exercised the Christ that is in you, taken on his mind, and extended the benefit of salvation directly into your problem. Oh, God, what a message, Pastor Mike. Then the next part of salvation is wholeness. Wholeness, wholeness. What is wholeness? 
That's whenever he sat down at the right hand of God, became your man in the Godhead bodily, according to Colossians chapter 3. When he sat down at the right hand of God, became your man in the, God, the Godhead, you absolutely became whole. What, what became whole? Well, the Holy Spirit was released. When the Holy Spirit was released, he came in you, he came upon you, and he came on you. And now there is absolutely no demon of hell. If you will worship in the Spirit and let the mind of Christ be in you, there is no demon of hell that can overcome you. There is no demon of hell that can disturb you. There is no demon of hell that can bother you. Why do I know that? Because Isaiah said that I will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on me. These are truths, my friend, but we don't get it. We don't understand it. To them who received him, to as many, to as many, to as many as received him, to them gave he a power to be called the sons of God, even to them that believe, that are committed to him, that trust him, that follow him, that walk with him, that think with him, that turn their mind as well as their inner man over to the name of Jesus Christ. Let's look. Let's look at what we can see. Well, we saw Jesus at the cross. We saw Jesus at the tomb because we were still dealing with the body. We saw Christ in the resurrection, the victoriously anointed Christ. His name was Jesus Christ. We saw uh, the high priest go into the sanctuary. We saw his, him be crowned Lord. What are we studying? What are we hearing here? We are hearing even to them that believe on his name. What was he whenever he sat down in the Godhead? He was named the man in the Godhead bodily. See, my friend, these are the benefits of the name of Jesus Christ and the benefits of the Yeshua salvation that was predicted in the Old Testament. When Jesus came in, he came in to destroy sin. He came in to strictly take control of every demon of hell and say to you, if you will allow me to live in you and change your mind, I will transform you so that you will never again be conformed to this world. Think about that. Think about that. Never again be conformed to this world. We don't want the baptism of the Holy Spirit preached in our churches today. But I want to tell you one more thing before I close. Do you know what the study showed? The study showed that all of those who were baptized in the Holy Spirit had one other thing in common. They all operated in mental stability. Out of a thousand people that were studied, those that had the baptism of the Holy Spirit were stable mentally. They did not live under oppression, depression, 
anxiety, fear, doubt, and unbelief. The baptism of the Holy Spirit brought them into an emotional stability. Why? I've already quoted it to you. I will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on me. But yet, we want to tell people you can live like you want to. Just say you believe. You know what we said to them? Stay on the ground. Don't get in the wheelbarrow. You don't have to worry about putting your trust and following someone else. You don't have to worry about trusting the man on the tightrope. You don't have to worry about sitting in the wheelbarrow and you being totally out of control and under the control of someone. Just say you believe. You can stay on the ground. You can cheer it. You can sing when the roll is called up yonder. You can sing when I see the blood. You can sing I'm going to heaven some glad morning when this life is over. You can do all of You can go to Sunday school class. You can pay your tithe. You can show up every Sunday morning. Stay on the ground because if you said you believe, He is the eternal God and He'll never forget you. Or... And I should say, you can be treated like a rag doll, go through life with every problem, every trouble, every concern, every disconcerting situation, lose your family, watch the world spin into a position that is going straight and direct on a beeline on purpose to hell. You can do that. You can stay on the ground. Or you can come in here Put yourself in the hand of the hand of the man from Galilee and you can let him lead your life and you can let him take over your inner man and you can let him begin to move in your mind and you can let the mind of Christ begin to put you in a heavenly conversation that says to you that you are accepted in the beloved and you can begin to navigate a world full of peace, hope, joy, graciousness, goodness, temperance, meekness, and live by faith. That's where you can be. That's where you can be. How do you get there, Pastor? I get into the Spirit. I get into the Spirit. I allow my worship to take me somewhere, not to leave me somewhere. Now watch what I just said. I allow my worship to take me somewhere, not to leave me somewhere. Now that's critical that you get that. That comes directly from the Holy Ghost. If you worship out of the brain, the natural man, it will leave you somewhere. Where's it going to leave me, Pastor? When I get up and go, ain't nothing changed. Ain't nothing that I can do. I'll get out there and the song that sounded so great in the house of God, and I'll begin to sing it, and all of a sudden, ain't nothing changing. I am having no feeling. I'm having no emotion. I'm having no uprising. I'm having no glory. Hallelujah. I'm having no nothing going on because there was a song. Now listen. That is because you allowed the worship to leave you somewhere. It left you in the same condition you were when you came in. It left you in, now watch it now, the emotional condition. It pacified the one emotion 
but it did not minister to the other emotion. Do you see what I'm saying? It left you. It left you somewhere. At the moment it was going on, wonderful. But whenever you got up and left out of there, there was no carryover. You simply had it, and it was going. Mind me, the little boy I was teaching math to, remember? I taught him how to do math. I, the first one was done for him. I did the second one with him. I had him do the third one with me, and I said, now finish the rest of the seven. He got in there, and he got to working on this thing. This is what's happening in our worship now. When I came back about 15 minutes later, he raised his hand, and he spoke with a lisp. He said, Mr. Swingston, I'm done. I walked over, and I looked at the fourth one, and he got it right. I looked at the fifth one, and he got it wrong. I looked at the sixth one, and he got it right. I looked at the seventh one, and he got it wrong. I looked at the eighth one, and he got it right. I looked at the ninth one, and he got it wrong. I looked at the tenth one, and he got it right. And I said to him, Marcus, what happened here, son? He looked up at me just as clear and concise as he could, and he said, Mr. Springston, it comes and it goes. That's what's happening in our worship. It comes and it goes. It comes and it goes. Why? Because we have never translated our worship into the spirit. We have never translated our worship into the ministry of the spirit. We have set the stage for that, but we never stepped over the threshold. We never. Now watch this now. Because in the tabernacle, they did all of this outer worship, remember? And they got to the labor, and they cleansed themselves, and they purged themselves, and they refined themselves. That's what worshiping, doing, worshiping is doing for the church. But they never stepped. Now watch this now. The, 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 the priest now would go and stand at the outer gate, the outer door of the, the, the high place, the holy place. They would be prepared to do what at that door? Step over the threshold. When they stepped over the threshold, they went from worship. They went from worship, watch it now, into ministry. They went from worship in the outer court into ministry. They took the blood. They refined themselves, cleansed themselves, and purged themselves. That's what you're doing in worship. You must step over the threshold of worship. And move in to the, to the sanctuary where you are ministering to God in Jesus Christ, in the Spirit of God. That will bring you into believing in the name of Jesus Christ, our high priest, our Lord, and our man in the Godhead. That will benefit you in the results of the salvation of Jesus Christ. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Bow your heads with me, will you? Father, I thank you for the word of God. I thank you for the word of God. You are the great God. Now, as we sit today, we thank you for anointed worship. We thank you for those that pray over our worship. We thank you, God. We praise you for the way the Spirit of God works on our music leader because we watch her step over into the Spirit. But Father, 
It is not about her, nor is it about me. It is about your people who must learn to step over the threshold and begin to minister to you in the Spirit of God and begin to become a ministry that allows you to receive from them in the spirit world and then allow that mind to overtake their mind so that they are not left with nothing but they are leaving with the power and the presence of the name of Jesus Christ operating in their heart and in their life so that as they step out the door they can live the life of being more than an overcomer in Christ Jesus who loved them and gave themselves for them stand up and receive it with me Father we praise you today we honor you today. What a word. What a ministry. What a great place to take us as we go from this place into the presence of a world that is spinning to hell. But yet we can see you in worship and then you in the spirit world and begin to minister out of those precious gifts of the spirit so that the spirit world the spirit world bows its knee to us so that all hell shuts down at the lovely name of Jesus. Praise him just now. Praise him just now. Obey the Lord now. Obey the Lord. Obey the Lord. Release out of you right now. out a language that is the conversation of heaven. Allow that language to speak out of you today. Allow that language, that conversation to take you into the world where you are speaking and you are part of the conversation of which you have been stabbed in by Jesus Christ. Where you have been made to be absolutely accepted in the
Step across the threshold. Step across the threshold and minister to him. Paul said that whenever you speak in that language, you're talking directly to God. When you speak in that language, you're talking directly to God. I want you to think about that. When you release yourself, you're talking directly to God. I see you, saith the Lord. I know what's in your heart. I know what's in your spirit, and I know what's in your body. I know where you are, and I know who you are. I've heard you. I've heard you as you have cried to me, and I want you to know that I have heard you. And the prayer of a righteous person avails much. I am the God who ministers from the throne of God and who speaks to the angels of God. To bring you the benefits. I have promised that to you. I have promised it to manifest in your life. Step over into me. Follow me. Commit your ways unto me. And I will direct every path. I will meet every need. I will release in the Holy Spirit. My partner. The things that you require that will cause you to say, surely, this is the will of God concerning me. I will identify you as being the one who loved me. And I will bring everything, everything to your good, saith the Lord of hosts. Father, we honor you. So what is your trouble today? Get in the Spirit of God. I will bring everything, he said, to your good. I will identify with your love. That's what he said. I will show you the will of God for you. What a great and mighty God we serve. Father, we thank you today. May we walk step by step in the Spirit of God. May we be blessed by your power. May we believe in your name. Now I want to talk to those of you that are listening to us on YouTube, Lift Him Higher Radio, Mike Springston FFC Podcast. If you don't know him today, you need to know him. If you're a struggling Christian and you've never understood why, then I've told you what to do to get out of the struggle and get into the Spirit. We thought it would be through meditation and worship but unless we're willing to go beyond those into the spirit world, then meditation and worship will not take us where we want to go. 
It will not because it cannot, because it leaves us in ourself. But the Spirit of God takes us someplace. That's what Paul said. He said it, the Spirit of God puts us in the heavenly conversation, seats us in heavenly places, and makes us absolutely accepted in the beloved. You want to be there. Now, Father, I pray for those that are listening to me. I pray that you will minister to them, that you'll open their eyes that they could see and their ears that they could hear so that they could be changed into the image of your dear son. Receive that today, my friends, in the lovely name of Jesus Christ, our high priest, Lord, our man in the Godhead, and you will never again be the same. God bless you is my prayer. I'll see you tonight about 4 o'clock on, on Facebook. Have a great day. I'll see you hopefully Wednesday night. God bless you.